Welcome to the Memorial Sermon Podcast. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your walk with God and drive you closer to Jesus. For more information about our church, visit mbcmetairie.org. Now, here's this week's message. We're going to do something a little bit different today, and and uh, so if you're just joining with us, um, man, you're probably like, I've, I've never seen this before, but uh, Mike and I were having a great time. We had coffee this week. I think I'm like Cameron. I think I like good coffee. I like good coffee, and so we went and, uh, and we had a good time grabbing some coffee, and today, one of the things, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about uh, processing rejection. Processing rejection and, and dealing, all of us have had rejection at, at some point or another. And, uh, and so Mike, I, I don't want to, you know, put you too much on, on the spot, but you are in sales. And so, so like it, it just happens from time to time. Yeah, I get told no 50 to 100 times a day. A day. Okay. All right. So, so he was the perfect person. I thought, who could I call? You know, anyone. But we had coffee and we were just talking about this. I said, I said, Mike, you got to come. You got to help me with this. And so, uh, it's, it's exciting for us to think about today as we talk about rejection, we're going to be talking about it in specifically in reference to sharing our faith. And I think a lot of people don't share their faith because of rejection. And so there was just a couple of things that we were talking about. You know, why do you think that rejection holds people back so much? Why do you think that happens? It's the, it's the fear. I mean, no one wants to be told no or told they're mm-hmm. not good enough. And it, uh, you know, it just did that, that feeling inside. And, you know, one of the first times in, that I've conquered rejection and it was a blessing in disguise was in eighth grade. Yeah. And I wasn't the most popular kid in school. In fact, I was quite down at the bottom end of the totem pole. But I, I had uh, they had the, the most popular girl in school in eighth grade. And uh-huh. I knew she hated me, but I still worked up the courage to ask her to. Go you out started with me. at the top, huh? That, that's great. Top. I admire you. <laughs> so and she t- she told me no, obviously, but I was so excited and pumped up when I hung up the phone because I did it. Uh-huh. I overcame that fear. Uh-huh. And then I went to the next one. No. And then the next one. No. No, no, no. And then God God absolutely blessed me in ninth grade. Uh-huh. The love of my life said yes. Oh wow. And uh rest is history. And y'all been married ever since. Yep. Oh, incredible. Jessica's back there in the back. Yeah. Put you up, put you on the spot. So, so, I mean, and rejection can happen in a lot of areas. It can happen when applying for a job, you know, especially if you think, well, I might get it. I might not. There's other candidates here. You know, there's, there's different things. Um, asking someone out, you kind of, kind of mentioned that. Um, and, and you had mentioned, you know, even when you came to Christ, now you came to Christ as an adult, right? Yeah, I mean, we've grown in the Catholic, grown up in, in the Catholic Church. We always had a reverence for the Lord, uh-huh. but that relationship was, you know, going back to First Baptist New Orleans. My brother and sister-in-law invited us to go there. Uh-huh. And we just, you know, just brought on that new relationship, the new foundation. Amen. So, like, relationship with God outside of like religion really happened. Like, to know Him happened. One of the things that you were and I were talking about is is just. As that began to happen, there were some things that were intimidating, not even like sharing your faith intimidating, but, you know, just like the day-to-day practice of, of falling after God. Speak into some of that kind of stuff of just those things that you found intimidating that you might not know better than someone else. Or Well, I mean, the Word of God, when mm-hmm. you first look at it, is, is intimidating because you're, you're reading it and you don't understand it. Everybody wants to know, I want to understand this. Hmm. And, and 
and that obviously people could put it aside because you know what that's that's just too hard hmm. it's too hard to read numbers it's too hard to read leviticus and i still don't know it as well as but a little bit more in there it's it's the long journey right so and you, you you had mentioned you know now about eight years that you know and and now it just it doesn't intimidate you as no. much and so I think in reference to sharing sharing our faith too you know it's almost like a muscle in the sense of just of like yeah you got to work it out and and it, it's no surprise that you might be a little sore the first time that you do it and you hear no or something like that but as those things happen over and over you know one of the things that we were that we were talking about and we'll mention a few things um, as we get into our time in God's word you do realize. Jesus was rejected, you know? I, I think sometimes we forget that, you know? We're like, okay, I'm trying to share my faith. I'm trying to be a good witness for Christ. But I mean, Jesus himself was rejected. The apostle Paul, you know, we're gonna see here, you know, the greatest apostle, you know, wrote two thirds of the New Testament was rejected. I think sometimes we forget, we gotta, you know, we've gotta perform, you know? Yep. We gotta have, you know, all that. And the reality is even Jesus and one of the greatest apostles to ever live. Um, one of the, another thing that, that we were kind of mentioning is, is just some practical things when we're sharing, when we're talking, when we're speaking about things that are going on, um, is just asking questions, asking questions. Now, how does that work job-wise for you? Just being able to ask questions and pull it out of them. Well, you want to, you want to be, you know, the guide, if you will. So if you look at, you know, some of the movies, you know, the Karate Kid, and the Star Wars, right? So you have Daniel, who is the hero. Mm -hmm. You have Luke Skywalker as the hero. That's right. Um, well, the hero is not nothing without a guide. So who's the guide to Daniel? Miyagi. Who's the uh -huh. guide to Skywalker? Yoda. Uh -huh. So my goal, my role is to be the guide. Make them look like the hero. And uh -huh. that's my approach, which is by asking questions. Get to know them. Right. What's your pain points? How can I help? Versus your typical salesperson that goes and does a feature presentation. Right. It's all about them. How can I be the hero to save the day? Right. A lot of people don't want to hear that. They want to, how can you help me? Right. So to really to shepherd people, you know, like I think of the lost sheep, you know, it's it's caring about other people, you know, and I, I feel like maybe we got to have like all the answers or something like that. And that's not the point. Point is caring about that person. And I, that's really interesting that that kind of that that kind of came out. Um, you mentioned uh, making them inquisitive. Making them inquisitive. So how might you make someone inquisitive? Now, don't, we're not going to give away all his secrets, okay? All right, so if he gives you a call. But we were talking about, you know, making someone inquisitive when you're talking with them. What are some of the ways that you might do that? Well, I mean, if, you're, if you have somebody that you know in your life that, know, that you know they need to know the Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. and whether they have, they're going off a trail of atheism, Buddhism, or something, and just be, have a conversation with them. Don't go right into it. Say, Hi, well, how's, how's being a Buddhist working out for you? Mm. Oh, I said, okay. I mean, what, what, what's next? What's next? And always try to peel back the layer of the onion. Right. Oh, really? I mean, that, you know, obviously maybe, you know, Jesus ain't for you. And, uh -huh. and it's like, what, what do you mean? How is, he, how is he not for me? So it's a little bit of reverse psychology. You have to have, you know, study a little bit of psychology, too, to kind of understand how people's minds work. Because sometimes they call it the takeaway clothes. You know what? Maybe this ain't for you. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, why isn't it for me? You know, so, so. well, that, that's interesting that, that you would bring that up because, you know, I, when we were sitting down, I'm like, man, I'm taking notes. You know, I've been in ministry for 20 years now and here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes of like, how can I make them inquisitive? How can I say, you know, something that like maybe they are some religion, but I never thought, well, how's that working out for you? Well, I don't really think about it that much. Well, then it sounds like, you know, well, it sounds like it's not working out for you. So something to be able to kind of banter back, back and forth uh, with them. Um, 
you, we talk about how to get them to talk about themselves, you know, getting them, you know, a person's favorite topic is themselves, right? So how, how, would, how could you get them, you know, even more to talk about themselves? Well, I mean, if, if obviously LSU shirt, oh, you know, it's pretty little red flags there. But hey, you know, you go to LSU, yeah, yeah. Or uh, pictures of a fish on a wall or, or just little things about that. Just to get them to talk about themselves. What are your hobbies? And just get uh -huh. to know them in a genuine way, not in a phony way, but just to really get to know them and, and, and try to build that relationship. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people go into a door and they don't like dealing with sales because they just feel like they want to sell them something. Right. My goal is to, is to build a long-term relationship, friendship, you know, how, I want to be a valuable asset to you and your team. Yeah, that's huge. And for us to not feel like we are trying to be pushy. I don't know if you're ever in like one of these department stores and there's like that salesperson and they're always selling cable. I don't know why that is or channels or whatever, you know, they're, like I typically like go around. I go like several aisles over or whatever. But it's different when you're developing a relationship with somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and genuinely interested in their eternity, in their salvation and th things like that. So um, and I guess the, this the, this final question um a couple of things. Well, how do you show yourself trustworthy? You know, how do, this is not something that we talked about. So I kind of put putting you on the spot here. But how would you show yourself? You know, you can trust me. You can trust me. Yeah. So um, when I'm in a situation to where I may not be a bet might fit at the time for this mm -hmm. certain um, opportunity, it's like, look, we're not a good fit right now, but I will follow up with you. So they could sense that I'm not trying to, you know, shove a square peg into a round hole. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really looking out for their best interest. And when the time comes, you know, you'll, you'll get the call. And, and I'll say this too, it's all about being persistent. Every day you get up, it's not easy being rejected. And sometimes I question myself, am I in the right profession? Uh -huh. and, you know, but do I want to keep doing this forever? Because uh -huh. it, it, it's not a mental, you know, it's a mental, you know, mind mess that I have to get up with every day and, and face that every day. Uh -huh. You know, you go in and you see people tearing ticket stubs at the, uh, the AMC movie theater. It's like, you know what, maybe when I retired, I can just tear stick <laughs> ticket stubs and do that all day. Versus calling, on a, calling a bunch of people. But I will say this, uh, church, that if there's somebody in your heart that you know that knows the Lord, don't give up, just be persistent. Always just, just persistence is, is the key to the success in what I do. And um, it's the key to success in leading other people to Christ. Amen. It's, that was so encouraging for me to hear because, you know, there's so many times I'm like, OK, you know, and we'll just kind of leave it at that. But one of the things that Mike was still, he said, I don't take no for an answer, you know, and I was like, that's a, well, being yeah. able to like call him back and just I'll follow up with you. Every you time know? I hear no, I just I translate it as not today. Not today. No, no doesn't exist in my vocabulary. I like it. Not today. I like it. You know, one of the things that we're talking about, of course, the emotions that, that play into this. And of course, you know, just having a, a, a good day or a bad day and, and, you know, or frustrations that play in. Uh, let's finish with this. You know, we're going to be talking about dusting off our feet. Jesus talks about dusting off our feet. You know, if there's that persistent rejection, things like that. You were telling me of a story one time of a, of a waitress. You were in a restaurant and you're, you know, some things were happening. And, uh, and so your emotions were at one place. Yeah. But you were able to kind of overcome that, and God used that uh, as an opportunity. Share share with us that that quick story before we dive in. Yeah, real quick, I'll, I'll share this about dusting your feet first. I mean, there's just some people in your life that's just not going to want you in their sandbox, uh, and it's hard, you know, because. But at the end of the day, do you want to be in their sandbox? But don't never stop praying for them. Right. It just there's there's personalities that are just not going to match up. Mm -hmm. This this relationship ain't going to happen. Right. It's too separate. But. Always, that's what prayer is for. Yeah. Um, but getting to the waitress. Uh, so I was, I'm in a rush. I'm in. A, my wife can tell you I'm very impatient, especially when it comes to uh, at the at a, at a restaurant. So this waitress one time was just, um, you know, doing a horrible job. She was mm -hmm. messing up the order. She was messing up the other order. And 
scatterbrained and, and all this, and she, you know, she didn't look like she was well off to do with. So I'm all frustrated. I'm, I should have been out of the restaurant, you know, 20 minutes prior, 30 minutes. So to make a long story short, you know, God touched my heart because I read Timothy earlier uh, that morning. I'm like, I'm here. I am. I'm not acting like a Christian. Mm. So she came and brought the check. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I think you're doing a great job. I'm sure you're having a bad day. We all have our bad days. I just want you to know that, you know, you know, I really, really appreciate mm. uh, your service. And, you know, and she just started bawling down crying. Wow. You know, because you don't know what people go through. Yeah, you, you have no what's, idea what's going on with that person. Absolutely. So one thing for even if we, you know, if even if we are rejected, she might have felt rejected at that point. But to be able to to step in and and not to write people off completely, but to be able to realize they've got something going on even in the background. Well, that's great. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Can, can we give Mike a, a, a round of applause? Thank you so much, man. It's not easy being able to come up here. But I knew that you were the right guy for the job. Let's pray, and then we're going we're gonna to dive into God's Word together. Father, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for Mike and his testimony. And it's just so good, God, to know that you've called us to be your ambassadors. And so, Lord, as we take this short time and we get ready to walk through uh, these passages of Scripture, we pray that you would guide our time together, open our minds, and open up our hearts, God, to deal with rejection. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. So, Lord Jesus, God, speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, could you do me a huge favor? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And if you're here joining with us, I want you to grab your Bible. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. We're going to be in the book of Acts today, and we're going to be finishing up chapter 13. And we've been walking through the book of Acts. I enjoy doing things like this where we're able to walk through different books of the Bible. Um, if you're joining with us online, um, man, welcome. If you're just now getting to us, make sure that you like and share. Um, if you're following us on Facebook or YouTube, make sure that you like and share um, our time together today so that we can get the word out to more people. We actually get this out to hundreds, if not thousands of people every single week. And so we want to encourage you uh, to, to come and, and be a, a part of that. As you're turning to Acts chapter 13, we're going to be in Acts chapter 13, verses uh, 42 and 52. And I'll tell you what, I think we got this to go up on the screen. And Mr. Jim, if we could put this up, Matthew chapter 10, 34. Do we have that? Matthew chapter 10, 34. The, Jesus over and over told us that we were going to have times of rejection, didn't he? he? He let us know that these types of things were going to take place. In fact, I, I was thinking about this. This passage, Matthew 10, 34 says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. And I, I thought, I read that, I read that passage, and I was like, like, wait, we're getting ready to go into Christmas time here in a couple months. I was like, you know, don't we sing like, you know, wonderful counselor, you know, prince of peace. I'm like, so, so what's going on? Yes, that Jesus came to bring peace into our hearts and to give us peace from our, our sin and our selfishness and to set us free from hell and damnation and, uh, and, and to give us eternal life. But the reality is the gospel is in a sense, somewhat divisive. He says, don't, don't think that I've come to being, being peace to the earth. He says, I'm not to come being peace, but a sword. And this might not be a verse that we would put on the side, you know, put frame it and put it on the, the wall in our houses, but, but to be reminded that we are going to experience rejection. There's some other passages. Luke chapter uh, 6, verse 22 and 23, it's uh, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And so he gets into this and he says, blessed are you. I don't know about you, but when, when people reject me or, or, or reject, you know, the, what I'm trying to say, I don't exactly feel blessed. 
But Jesus says, you know, look, look at it from my perspective. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you. I mean, that's, that's the worst, especially if you're a teenager. You know, everybody's doing this thing and you don't get invited. Man, and they exclude you, revile you, spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. It goes into verse 23. It says, Rejoice in that day. Isn't that good? Isn't that a crazy perspective? Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. So even in the Old Testament, we see that, that the Old Testament prophets, here they are, they're bringing the word of God and they are rejected. One of the things that we have been looking at is we have been in Paul's missionary journeys. We've been walking through Paul's missionary journeys. He starts in Antioch. He and Barnabas, man, the, the, the spirit comes upon them. They get called uh, to take the gospel message out. And so they are on their very first missionary journey. We've been joking around of like, you know, most people will use, you know, their phone or something like that. But if, if you know, hopefully uh, maybe even in your house that you've got uh, an actual book Bible, you know, that you can come and that you can take. And uh, if you go to the maps in the back of the Bible, then you can be able to kind of follow along. We're going to have those maps for you. We got them in your notes as well on the back of your notes. And so we started right here up in the upper right corner um, on the east side. Uh, and so you got, they're going down to Antioch. They've gone through the the uh, the island of Cyprus. They're, they've gone up through Perga. And now they are in Pisidian Antioch. And we follow up with last week, they go into the synagogue, which is, you know, a Jewish church, and they begin to share the gospel. And man, people are really intrigued by this you know they're talking about Jesus and they're talking about you know a, a change and so anyway what we're going to do today is we're going to pick up right here in verse 42 because the people have urged them to come back they said man this is a fascinating message we really haven't heard much about this will you come back and explain some more things to us well did they not only came back but the whole town shows up and we're going to be able to see what happens and where you think that their hopes might be really high the whole town doesn't everybody like a good crowd doesn't a preacher like a good crowd things like that but now what's going to happen is rejection is going to take place so let's pick up here in verse 42 it says as they were leaving the people urged them to speak about these matters the following Sabbath. So here they are, verse 43. After the synagogue had been dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who were speaking with them and urging them to continue in the grace of God. Now look at what happens in verse 44. The following Sabbath, almost the whole town assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. These are the same guys that said, come back. So that they're filled with jealousy and began to contradict what Paul was saying and insulting him, literally slandering him. Or if, you, if, you, if you're a Greek scholar in here, the, the, the Greek word for them insulting him is blasphemo, uh, blasphemo. Yeah, so that they are blaspheming. They're slandering Paul and what he's trying to, to say here. And so, so they're, they're slandering him. They're insulting him. Wait, this thing just took a hard turn, man. And then in verse 46, it says, Paul and Barnabas boldly replied, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Wow, that's a different way of thinking, you know, about, about the gospel. They considered themselves unworthy of eternal life. We're turning to the Gentiles. Those are people that aren't Jews. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of 
the earth. And then in verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, because they were there, they were listening. So when they heard this, it says that they perked up, they rejoiced and honored the word of the Lord and all who had been appointed to eternal life believed. So this wasn't a total loss. This is not total rejection here, but there are certain ones that are absolutely rejecting. There's others that, man, that, that this really worked in their hearts. And then in verse 49, it says the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, region that's Pisidian Antioch, all right? And then in verse 50, it says, but the Jews incited the prominent God-fearing women and the leading men of the city, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their district. Talk about rejection. Get out. Okay, but Paul and Barnabas, here it is, shook the dust off their feet against them and went to Iconium. If you remember our, our map, we'll talk about that next week. So they went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So we got a lot of things that, that have taken, taken place here. But what are some of the principles that we can walk away with? No one likes rejection. We're all going to deal with rejection. So let's see some of the principles that will play into processing, processing any type of rejection that might happen specifically when it comes to, to sharing our faith. So if you got your notes or if you're joining with us online, you find the notes by going to our website. But when it comes to our notes, uh, I, I want you to see this. When it comes to sharing our faith because that's what God's called us to do listen to this God has called us write this down to be faithful not successful to be faithful not successful we sell that in verse 44 the following Sabbath almost the whole town was there it looks like they're gonna be successful big letdown though right but when the Jews saw the crowds they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict Paul what he was saying and began insulting him you know our culture our culture, so many times we sideline faithfulness and we elevate results, don't we? We sideline faithfulness and we elevate results. Think about football. If you have a, if you have like a, a faithful player, I, I usually will think of like high school football. I really enjoy high school football. Uh, it seems to be a little bit more genuine, lot, you know, not as much ego and pay and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you, you have the faithful player who's been working hard, they never miss a practice. And then you've got that kind of that nonchalant player, might have an ego, but they've got that natural talent. But if you're on the sidelines as a parent or, you know, you want the win, you want to go to the, the state championship. I mean, think about this. I mean, a lot of times we're going to elevate results, not so much as we elevate faithfulness. So you got that kid who's, who's been faithful to be there every time. And then you got the one with the ego. But when it comes down to the wire, I mean, really, who do you want? in there. And our culture says, put the one in there who's going to get results regardless, you know, if they're going to get that W rather than the one that, that's worked the hardest. But here's what I want us to understand. Here's why I'm bringing this up, especially as we're looking at God's word. In God's economy, hear this, we're not playing for the victory. We're not playing for the victory. Jesus already has the victory. He won that for us 2,000 years ago on the cross by dying for our sins through his resurrection, conquering death, 
And then, man, allowing us, he is the first fruits of eternal life because he has come back to life. And so I want us to understand the victory is already won. That's good knowing into when you're trying to develop that relationship, share your faith with someone that you go, you know what? The victory's already won. I just gotta, I just gotta walk into this. You know, there, there's the part, the after party. I'm getting it. I just want to invite people to the after party of his victory. You see what I'm saying? And so the reality is that we think about successfulness and results. And, and maybe that the, the reality is that we are just simply responsible for dressing out and playing the game. You can actually see this in the Old Testament. A lot of times, you know, we can get so involved in the New Testament that we forget the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, God actually is is speaking to Ezekiel. And and we'll actually put this one up on the screen. It's it's out of Ezekiel chapter 2, verses uh, 4 and 5. And and God actually tells Ezekiel uh, this concept. Be faithful even if you don't have results, even if you're not successful. Continue to be faithful. This is what he says. He says, the people to whom I am sending you, he was a prophet to those people, are obstinate and stubborn. So God already knew that this was no mystery to God. They're obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And then I love this part. It's just this kind of this side clause. It says, and whether they listen or fail to listen, because they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And then later on in chapter 33, what he's going to talk about, he actually talks about Ezekiel. He's like, Ezekiel, you're like a watchman on the wall, like city walls. He said, there's a watchman on the wall and you don't want to be found sleeping as a watchman, you know, as the battle is raging. He said, so, so, I want you to think of it this way. If you fall asleep on telling people my word said their blood is on your hands. Wow. So to think about whether you're successful or fail to be successful, God is calling us to be faithful. So once we've come to Jesus Christ as our Savior, God is most interested in our faithfulness, our loyalty, and our obedience to the kingdom of God. Now, get ready for this. This is going to blow your mind, okay? It's going to blow your mind. How does God reward faithfulness? How does God reward faithfulness? And we talk about the word blessings. You know, sometimes we use this word loosely, blessings. Well, you know, blessings. Well, what in the world does that mean? Does that mean that God, you know, does he give us bonuses? I mean, no. Does he give us, a, you know, does he give us a, a bigger mansion in heaven? I mean, so how does God reward faithfulness? How can you know if you're being faithful? And, and even if you get down on yourself, here's what I want you to write down. This is so important. It's gonna blow your mind. Write this down. God rewards our faithfulness with more responsibility. Have you ever thought about that? He rewards your faithfulness with more responsibility. A lot of times that I've, that I've experienced this in my own life, I'm like, God, I don't want more responsibility. That's the last thing I want. God, why? Why would you do that, you know? But what the thing is, you've showed yourself faithful. You've showed yourself trustworthy. He knows that you are maturing in your faith. And so he's going to help you grow. He's going to give you more things. So don't be surprised. If you're looking for, you know, these blessings, more money or a bigger car, or, and, and those things don't don't lie. I mean, our, our kids are learning that, uh, how uh, Solomon, you know, he, he said, Lord, 
help me, help me, give me wisdom. I need wisdom to know. And God poured out his blessings so much on that. I said, man, that is great. I, not only am I gonna give you more things, but I am gonna take care of you financially. I am gonna take care. Your, your name is gonna go out in all the different nations, but it's gonna be ultimately for my glory. You know, and, and over and over and over, I see this in our yearly theme verse. We didn't talk about it this morning, but it says that you were faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Matthew chapter 25, 21. If you're faithful with a few things, I'll put you in charge of many things. In my personal time with the Lord this week, I was reading in Luke chapter 16, and I was reading that passage, and it says, whoever can be trusted with a little can be trusted with much. And you know what I'm seeing? The more I grow in my faith, even though I've been a minister for 20 years now, the more that I grow in my faith, I'm learning that this life is almost like the 90-day probation, pr probationary period to a job. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like you start a job and you know, they're supposedly have like, you know, the 90 day probation period and they're just kind of seeing how this whole thing, you know, works out. And if you show yourself trustworthy, you know, you might even get promoted. Might even, you know, other things might, might happen. The more I realize that we're not going to be playing harps in heaven, that God has responsibilities for us who have been faithful here. And it's almost like this life is like our 90 day probationary period. And then we get to heaven and then, and then based on how we have been responsible with God's word, with sharing, with this, you know, temptation, all, all those things with having a, a relationship with him, all of that responsibility comes in heaven. And what does that look like? I don't exactly know, but it's clear. It's clear off the pages of the scriptures. So the second thing that I want us to think about when we're dealing with rejection, God wants faithfulness, not successfulness. But then the second thing, write this down. When it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to sharing our faith and us just being able to build those relationships, talk about God, we are messengers of the truth, not messengers to promote ourselves. That is so good. And a lot of times in, in the world and in our culture, we think I've got to sell myself. And if they don't like me, then they are not going to like what I have to give. Don't we always think like that? I gotta, I gotta sell myself. You know, I want to be likable. I don't, I don't know anybody in in this room that says, you know, I really just don't want to be likable. You know, I don't want, I don't want that in my life. No, we all want to be likable. But the reality is, we are messengers of the truth. We're not here to promote ourselves. Let me turn the camera around. We were talking about uh, Paul and Barnabas. Let's turn the camera around and let's look at the Jews. Look, look with me one more time uh, in verse forty-five. This is a pivotal verse, and so it says, "When the Jews saw the crowds, look at this. Don't miss it." They were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what Paul was saying and insult him. They're filled with jealousy. What was it about? It was about them. It was all about them. Later on, we're going to see the Apostle Paul go to the Bereans. And the Bereans, you know, he's saying all this stuff about Jesus and the Old Testament and how the Old Testament is fulfilled with Jesus. And they actually get their old, they didn't have the full New Testament in there, but they got their Old Testaments out, their Bibles out, and they're flipping pages. And they're trying to figure out, is this really the truth? Is this real? You know, it, you know, and, and so there's actually a whole churches these days that are like, you know, Berean Bible Church or whatever, you know, because they didn't make it about themselves. And here the Jews, they made it. 
They were jealous. And we can actually use, we could translate this word just fierceness, indignation. Why were they so jealous though? Because they saw these new guys coming in and they were the ones who were in control. I mean, they were the leaders and these new guys are coming in and they're talking about some changes that they were interested in at first, but now they're losing a little bit of their control. And, and, and what is happening here is, is that they say, you know what, we don't want any part of this. And you see, when you're a messenger of the truth, listen to this, this is so good. When you're a messenger of the truth, you don't care about being in control because ultimately you understand God's in control. And isn't that so good to just know, I'm just called to share the truth. Share the truth in love, as John would talk about. And so for us, that we don't promote ourselves, we promote the truth. You know, uh, we kind of have to see ourselves, I was thinking about this, almost a little bit as, as doctors. There was one time I had some blood work done a couple of years ago. And uh, I just wanted to see, there's nothing wrong with me or anything. I just wanted to see what was going on. You know, sometimes you don't know, you got to have to lift the hood and see what's going on inside the body, you know? And so I, uh, and so I went and someone had encouraged me to get some blood work and whatnot. And it came back and my cholesterol was a little high, you know? And so I, I kind of, as I was talking to my doctor, he and I were, uh, were friends and uh, I was talking to my doctor and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I kind of, I kind of blew it off. And I said, oh, it's not that bad. And he looked right back at me and he said, but Dan, it's not that good either. And he reminded me, and because out of, out of, out of care, and, and, and he, the reality was he was telling me the truth. He wasn't letting his ego get into it. I mean, he could have he stroked my ego and said, oh yeah, it's not that bad. But the reality was, it wasn't that good either. And so he didn't make it about him. He didn't make it about his practice. He was genuinely concerned with my well-being. And because he was genuinely concerned with my well-being, he told me the truth. Isn't that how we need to be with folks? I could have rejected him, but I mean, I, I took it to heart. The Jews weren't concerned for the people's well-being. Does that make sense? They were jealous. They were losing this control. And God, listen to this. God has called you to be a spiritual doctor to the people that are around you. We diagnose spiritual sickness, spiritual death even, and we diagnose it with truth. So it's not about us. It's about the message I'll never forget, uh, years ago, 2003, I went and did uh, summer missions in Maryland. We went all over Maryland. We're talking to all these, all these different youth groups, but they did an orientation. You had two, three days of orientation when you got there, and they made sure that you were ready for this, that you were ready to travel all over the state because they had had people that had gotten there, and, it, and maybe they were thinking this was going to be a fun summer, or maybe they were thinking, you know, pie in the sky, you know, like it's going to be great, you know, I'm going to come away with all these stories. They didn't think for one second that it might actually be tough and so we had all these folks that were there sharing with us and they said they said just remember we've had people walk away maybe even only a weekend or or, or, or two weeks in but because this wasn't what they thought it was going to be and and we all kind of sat back and we you know us you know we're all getting ready to go on the mission field so our eyes are like really really wide and then someone piped up and said it sounds like they made it more about themselves and about the mission. And she said, that's exactly what has happened. How many times does that happen in our own lives? We, you know, every day is a mission trip for us, you know, but that happens in, in our own lives that, that we want to be about sharing 
the truth and not giving up on sharing the truth. It's not about us. It's about the message. The third thing that I want us to see this morning, and you can write this down, is when it comes to sharing our faith, God has called us to bring hope to the open-hearted and not to argue with the close-hearted. Look with me in, in verse 46. We'll read through 46 through 48. It says, so Paul and Barnabas, after they've been rejected here, okay, so it says, Paul and Barnabas boldly replied, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we're turning to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now I'm gonna come back to this, but the Gentiles were not looked at very highly by the Jews at all. I mean, in some cultures, they, they, were, they were looked at as, as, as fuel for the fires of hell. Well, thanks for the happy thoughts, you know? So, so I mean, th there was a definite divide. You talk about racism? I mean, that, I mean we, 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 don't, we don't have a clue. I mean, they, it was awful. It was awful. And so what he says here, he says, listen, you guys don't want this? That's fine. We're going to share it with people who do. And so he's sharing it with the ones who are open-hearted. I, I don't know anyone. Let's think about this. You can think about this in your own life. I don't know anyone in all my years who has come to Christ because someone won an argument. Do you? Because someone won an argument. Maybe that they were kind of had their, you know, had their shield up, they did, you know, but because someone came at them, they had an argument, they had the airtight sales pitch. I mean, airtight. In fact, you know, they get them, and I, whenever, I think of, uh, whenever I think of someone like winning a spiritual argument, I always think of someone like, you know, when you take your arm and someone like, you know, pulls it up behind you and they kind of get you up on your toes, that kind of thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, in, even in that conversation, you can, ha you know, I've seen guys theologically, they know it backwards, forwards, and upside down, and they can get someone in one of these, in one of these moves, spiritually speaking, and, and, and they've got them. Have you ever seen someone give their heart to Christ because they, you know, they lost an argument? No, I've never seen that. It's all about love. It's all about care. And this is why we're, we're called to bring hope to the, uh, to, to, to the open-hearted. Sometimes I, I want to, and I don't want to say like walk away if they're, if they're dealing, you know, here clearly, you know, they were insulting them. He riles up. We find in verse, uh, you know, uh, 48 through the rest of, of the passage, through the rest of the chapter, we see that they ride up, you know, some of the God-fearing women and the leading men of the city. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, there, there's people that are saying, no, we don't want this. You know, in fact, they cast them out of the city and, and, and but so there is a time, and this is where we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This is not something that I, can, that I have a note for, okay? Where you've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There are times that you are called to dust your feet off. Jesus said, don't throw your pearls before swine. It, it's your call. That there's sometimes that you just got to move on. And maybe, uh, like, like Mike was talking about, I'll follow up with you about that, you know? And then you just come back a little, a little bit later. But there's other times, and again, you got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people are just going through a tough time. Sometimes there's people who have rejected me and, and rejected the, the gospel message of Jesus dying for their sins, but can I tell you why? It's because they've been hurt. They've been hurt. They've been hurt by the church. And, you know, and they, they, they throw out this word over and over, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. Let me tell you, they're, they're, there's hypocrites everywhere. 
There's hypocrites in Walmart, okay? They're not just in church, all right? There's hypocrites everywhere. But because they've been hurt, they throw up these walls. And that's where God has to use us and, and to walk alongside of us to be able to listen to His Spirit on how to, to reason with them and to walk alongside them. But there are people that reject. And when they reject, hear, hear me out, they are committing the unpardonable sin. You say, oh my goodness, we're diving into that today. That, that is when you reject the Holy Spirit, when he's speaking to you, saying you need to get saved, you need to deli- give your life to Christ, and you reject that. I mean, that's, that's pretty deep. That's the unpardonable sin. It's resisting the call of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be sensitive to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in our own hearts, because a lot of times... Here's what happens is because they are prideful. These Jews here, they're prideful and they're jealous. And that's why they didn't want to hear it. But sometimes people aren't prideful. They aren't jealous. They've just been hurt. And it's important for us to stay sensitive to what God is actually doing in that person's life. You know, it reminds me as I've been going through our neighborhoods, have you seen these big trucks that have been down in our neighborhoods? I know some of not, you know, not everybody's driving, um, you know, that comes here, but, but have you gone down the road and you're in one of those trucks, it's got the big lift on it and it's, you know, and it's, you know, lifting up everyone's trash and, you know, putting it up in there and, you know, it's cleaning off the streets. Of course you have. Have you ever gotten and you're like, maybe even you turned on your own road and there it is. Okay. You've got a couple of options when you come in contact with that. Okay, some of them are a little bit more ridiculous than others, but let, let's talk about all of our options. You, if you see that big old truck in the middle of the road, he's picking up all that trash. There's a couple things you can do. You can try to push him out of the way. Good luck with that. Okay, you can. You can try to push. You could wait. And in some cases, you know, you, you could wait. And you might be there an hour, or you could go around. I know there's so many times that I see those cars and I'm like, oh, there it is. And I put the thing in reverse and I'm like backing out, you know, I'm trying to go around. You know, if there is a roadblock, if someone is clearly not listening and they don't want to hear, a lot of times I feel like people are trying to plow through that or maybe they're just, you're waiting, wait, wait. When God has called us to use our time wisely and go to people who are ready to hear from him. And the reality is you have to let God do the work in our life. My wife has this great saying. She says, sometimes I try to, to be the Holy Spirit. And she says, I'm not. She says, I'm not. Said, sometimes she'll even refer it as, sometimes I try to be the Holy Spirit junior, you know? And she says, I'm not. I've got to let God do the work in their heart. And so for us, we've got to be faithful We've got to be messengers of the truth. We've got to bring hope to the open-hearted. And, and just to kind of to bring all of this together is, is realizing that we are fishers of men. Not every day you're going to catch. You're going to have a catch. There might be a whole day that goes by and you don't, and, and you don't make that catch. You don't, you share your faith and they aren't easily coming. You know, they're not easily sharing their heart with you and, and, and they don't come to Christ. But, I will tell you a story that, that reminded me almost exactly of what we're talking about today in both ways, in both the Jews and the Gentiles. Years ago, I was, I was sharing with someone, we were out in a, in a parking lot, and it just, it just kind of came up, faith, you know? Faith just kind of came up, and so I started sharing my heart. Well, it was this girl and her boyfriend, all right? And so here we are, I think it was like in a Walmart parking lot. It was the most random place ever, you know, to be able to share your faith. But there I was, sharing my faith, and, and she was tracking with me. 
I mean, eye to eye, she was tracking with me, asking questions, you know, and so I was asking questions, she was asking questions, and, and sometimes these things happen, but, you know, as we were talking earlier, you know, of like developing a relationship with someone, but this was just, just one that had like fallen into my lap, and so she was tra- tracking with me, asking all these different kinds of questions, and her boyfriend, though, on the side, like this, like this, the whole time, I mean, just completely, you know, he was... Uh, you know, he was not going to have anything to do with it. Well, later on, as the summer went on, this girl, uh, we developed a relationship. She didn't come to know Christ right then and there. And that's why you got to be persistent. But later on, as the summer went by, you know, I shared with her one, one more time. And, uh, and she said, now's the time. Now's the time. And she came to Christ about three months later. And later on, she told me, she said, do you remember that first time that you came and we were talking in the parking lot and all that? I said, yeah. She said, you didn't know this, but my boyfriend was about to beat you up. And I was like, really? Well, I'm glad you didn't tell me that. I mean, I wasn't trying to like Mac on her or anything, but it was just like, you know, like he's over here. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. And as I thought about that, I thought about this passage, but what if I had seen him and and seen that movie, you know, everything's closed off. And I thought, you know, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't, maybe she would have never come to know Christ as her Lord and Savior. You see what I'm saying? And so we have to be, even in, even if rejection, listen to me, is staring you in the face be Ezekiel, whether they listen or fail to listen. It's our opportunity just to simply be faithful. 